Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Um, How, yeah. Hey, Jesse. What's up? Yeah. What's up? What's you, up, Jordan? Have you checked on Ken Masters? I, wait, I'm sorry? Ken Masters from uh, Street Fighter? Uh, Friend of is... Ryu? Um, Master of the Hadouken? Is that the yoga guy whose arms stretch out? No, that's Dalsim you're thinking of. Dalsim is fine. I have checked on him. Um, okay, thank goodness. He's because doing great. Having a great summer. I haven't heard from him in so long. I'm like, pick up the phone, buddy. It honestly doesn't matter where in the room it is. Like, oh, and it doesn't have to be a call. It can be a text. It can be an email. Uh, you know, D- DM me. My DMs are open. What's going on with Ken? Um, so, I don't know how up on, you know, what's going on in the Street Fighter universe you are. You are. How I'm up pretty you up say? on it. I mean, I, I think like I think we just learned how up I am. I'm really on top of it. Yeah. Um, for everybody from Ken Masters to the yoga guy with the stretchy arms to... Um, the lady. Yeah. Do you want to do two more and then I'll continue? <laughs> well, there's that big green guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> I'm tapped out. No, no, no. You've proven your point. You are up on this stuff. Um, so there's a new street. And you know, Jesse, you know this. And longtime listeners know this. I love the Street Fighter series. I love uh, uh, fighting games in general. You um, you get your you throw the Street Fighter arcade console into the back of your pickup, you drive it to an illegal warehouse party. Yes. You plug it in and you have a tournament yeah, with a, your An illegal fellow. warehouse party worth a foot clan or training. <laughs> and, tr- and practicing their skateboard tricks. Yes. <laughs> you know about my <laughs> my lifestyle. Uh-huh. Socializing with the foot clan, enemy of the Ninja yeah. Turtles. Um, no, some big Street Fighter guy, and obviously, you know, some huge news came down the pipe. Street Fighter Six is coming out next year, sometimes the sixth game. Wow, um, that's incredible! Yeah, how many? Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. How many pit fighters are there now? Because I'm more of a pit fighter. Guy. <laughs> I think I think there is a canceled Pit Fighter Two out there that you can like illegally download. Oh my gosh! And you and you play it on your home holographic system or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, you know, six six Street Fighter game coming out. Um but the big news is that they've released some of the like backstories for the characters. Oh wow. Yeah. So, you know, these games have been going on since we were kids, obviously. So so obviously, you know, they want these characters to kind of grow and change and kind of, you know, put them through something different every time so we can see new sides of them. <laughs> we both kind of did different ones there. Okay, yeah, well it's fine. Brian, unseparate them out so we do them sequentially instead of on top of each other. <laughs> no, layer more on top of, of them. Yeah. <laughs> Make it like those Flaming Lips albums that you have to listen to on five different boom boxes. I mean, we've all grown a lot in the last, what is it, 20, 30 years? Sure, yeah. I mean, Joe Biden used to be racist. <laughs> the pandemic was tough on Blanca. <laughs> um no, so, you know, the characters are, are growing and changing, um, and the storyline for Ken Masters this time around, and this is this is via leak, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Right. I hate anonymous sources. Yeah, so, um, well, then maybe you'll hate this information, but, okay. you know, based on some internet chatter, uh, Ken's... Some information from the deep state. Go ahead. Ken's backstory 
in Street Fighter Six is that he got too into fighting. He got too into karate tournaments. So his wife left and took the kids. <laughs> his so so like divorce or you know a shattered marriage is going to be part of the plot line in the new Street Fighter game. Can I ask you a question, Jordan? Yes. Do you think that's what happened with our dads? Oh. <laughs> That they got too into underground fighting tournaments? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a long time ago. Like, I don't have really clear... I know when my parents split up, I was about three or four. You were a little older, but I, I don't have clear memories of what exactly my dad was up to. I remember AA meetings, but those could have been underground fighting tur- tournaments, and I just misinterpreted them. Well, was he... Let me ask you this. At any point during these AA meetings, did he fight a bison? <laughs> <laughs> Is that that big green guy? No, that's a um, a warlord from Shadow Lou, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's possible he did. You, you're you more of a Street Fighter guy than me. Uh-huh. How big is Serenity in Street Fighter, just as a quality? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, a Street Fighter's more about um, accepting what you cannot change. <laughs> okay, great. Perfect. Which is <laughs> a green mutant from Brazil electrocuting you. Okay, so you sent a file here. On yeah, our... so, and also, so kind of just to just to kind of give you a sense of where kind of Ken is at, um, mm-hmm. you'll see here in the chat. I have some concept art from him, and just to kind of make this make matters worse here, his new character design makes it look like he's wearing sweatpants. Okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a look at this. Before I do, I just want to mention that Ken Masters to me as a name. Mm-hmm recalls someone leading a real estate seminar at the airport Marriott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take a look at Ken Masters here. He's in the middle. So these there. are leaked? This is these leaked are leaked, yeah. So yeah, obviously so this is like this off a, a cell phone. You know, maybe this will be public info by the time this drops, but for now. So um, first of all, there's this Japanese guy. Yeah. This guy's got a purple sash on. He's got to- pants torn at the bottom. Yeah, he looks pretty real. badass. He's got yeah. cool sandals. He looks rad. You know, somebody that looks cool, like legitimately cool in sandals, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Fuck, yeah!" I wish my feet were that comfortable right now. Yeah, one in one in thirty can pull it off. One in fifty, and reuse one of them. The wandering. There's this giant the warrior, hairy chested. What is he? This guy Russian? That's Zangief. Yes, Zangief, and he's Russian. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot going on over there these days. So, yeah. Um, and then this is Ken Masters in the middle here, and he yeah. represents America. He is. He's uh, he's one of the American fighters. Um, you know, obviously you have Guile as well. Don't forget Guile. I have a question about him. Did you forget Guile? He's wearing a tank top, but on top of that, he has a what looks like a shearling coat to me. Yeah, I think this all kind of <laughs> points to him not having a great couple years. Can I ask? Can it's I ask a been question? A tough. I mean, it's been a tough year, a couple years on all of us, right? We've all. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. But I mean, not all of us have gotten excessively obsessed with underground fighting tournaments. That's true. I think I'm appropriately obsessed with them. Yeah. How one to ten? How obsessed with underground fighting tournaments are you, Jordan? I mean, ten, but I'm not married, so. Right, you're a single guy. Yeah, you've got room in your life for that. You can watch all the whole of The Simpsons again if you want to. Mm Hmm. He's wearing a tank top underneath. Yeah. And he's wearing what look to me, I'm going to be frank, like hiking boots. Right. With what looks like sweatpants. I'm sure those are probably karate pants, but it no, does. Those are 100%. The Japanese guy, he could, though you could argue that those are karate pants that have been through a lot. 
like presumably a lot of karate. Right. And then, but then this other guy in the middle, Ken Masters, he's, these are 100% these are sweatpants. This is just, I think what happened is, and this is no laughing matter, but this guy is going through depression. I understand why his family, his family abandoned him. If that Mm -hmm. happened to me, I would, you know, it doesn't, there's such a thing as situational depression. You know sure. what I mean? He, yeah. But maybe he maybe he was depressed or or bipolar previously. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we unlock that story in Street Fighter Seven. <laughs> we really get into it. Just, <laughs> is, is what was Ken Masters hypomanic when he had the obsession with underground street fighting tournaments? Sure, doing it too much karate. What of Sagat's OCD? <laughs> what it really looks like, honestly. Dude, what are the various mental illnesses of the... That would make it more fun. I think we can all agree that this divorce thing is great, but we need to... Look, we're fun. We're mentally ill. (laughs) Sure. In the middle there, Ken Masters looks like he was wearing a tank top and sweatpants, and he was watching all The Simpsons again from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Then somebody called, maybe Zangief, and said, get out here. We're having an underground fighting tournament. And Ken Master said, for the sixth time? Zangief said yes. And he just put on his hiking boots, because that's what was by the door. Right. <laughs> We're closest. And he grabbed his shearling coat, because I think probably he lives somewhere cold, like Minnesota or something. Yeah. And then he realized he didn't look tough enough, so... As a show of strength, he rolled up the sleeves on his shearling coat, which is there all the way up to his elbows, which seems impossible with a with a shearling. The outfit is either kind of what you said, last minute, last minute outfit to go to an underground fighting tournament or trying to run to Rite Aid for tequila before it closes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, either one. Yeah. Uh, shall we introduce our guest? Oh, this is a fun oh, one, Jesse. Shall we or shall we? Our guest on the program. No is... chance here. <laughs> no chance for these fellows. Our guest on the program is a celebrity from the world of punk rock, uh, where he is the vocalist for the band Fucked Up. Uh, he is also a podcaster and podcasting celebrity. Uh, he is the host of the podcast Turned Out a Punk. Uh, and of course, you probably know him from Much Music, the Canadian MTV, Damien Abraham. Hi, Damien. How are you, friend? I'm good. I'm thinking of all of Ken's new powers. Like his kids show up, he's scrolling Tinder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a different read on it, though. Maybe D- DTH down to Hadouken. <laughs> well, this is. A- <laughs> <laughs> I, I i look at him i look at him though and i think i see a post drake world so i think the sweatpants are are him dressed up and he's now yeah. out on the town he's he's looking <laughs> at the he's gonna be game yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be hitting on other characters he's gonna be showing up late because he had to drop the kids off at his wife's house before he came to the tournament maybe that's a special move maybe he's like Right. The kids show up. He's like, oh, shit, I got to deal with this. And then you think he's gone, but then he comes up from behind and it gets to attack you. Uh-huh. Is it possible, Jordan, mm-hmm. that these aren't sweatpants? Is it possible that these are joggers? 
it is might, it possible yeah. that this is a sneak that he became a sneakerhead in a midlife yeah, exactly. crisis? Exactly. Sure. Yes, he could be. Yeah, he could be a hype beast. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. I think these are probably like Nike ACG, like vintage Nike ACG. Yeah, this this is exactly what do they? I'm trying to remember what they call it now, but like that. Uh, I guess sportswear chic, almost. Right? Yeah, these boots. Okay. Like, I think he's. I think he's found a grail piece and he's trying to show it off. <laughs> exactly. Vintage Nike ACGs. How are you, Damien? Are you are you joining us from uh, from the great nation of Canada? I am. I'm joining you from Toronto, Canada, in my basement, uh, surrounded by my records. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, an honor to be here. Thank you very much for having me, Jordan. Wearing the turned out a punk shirt. One of the few people that's picked one up, despite what I say at the beginning of my show. So thank you very much for doing that. Well, I mean, maybe it is. And again, I don't want to note you to death. You're a great podcaster. No, I love the show. Uh, but, you know, maybe you would move more of these if at the top of the show you weren't saying and grab yourself a turned out a punk shirt, Jordan. <laughs> that's right. I got to do more targeted ads. That's my sure. that's my 2000. No, I like the podcast thing. When you said podcast celebrity, like punk celebrity also, I, I scoffed at. But podcast celebrity, I really scoffed at because the podcast thing, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Watch me go. <laughs> Damien, we've been doing this almost 15 years and we've learned nothing. I I assure you. We are no further ahead than we were in 2006. Yeah. And we've never talked to anyone who's been in Rancid. Well, so. I, I guess that's the, the one thing I did luck out with is I found the one place where I could harass people at their place of work to come on my podcast. Like normally you're limited in where you yeah. can get these people, but I yeah. see them when they when they're at work and I can get them. Uh, no, it's it's definitely the podcast thing I started because I thought it would be fun to to talk to people about this sort of thing. And then. Now, years later, um, <laughs> my kids are like, why do you waste so much time doing this podcast? <laughs> and I'm like, I really don't have a good answer. Jesse, what do yeah. you tell your kids when they ask you that? <laughs> my, my eight-year-old, I think, would insist that he is more qualified than I to host this podcast. <laughs> and the honest truth is that it's it's probably the case. My kids have taken to the only language that young people speak as far as i can tell is um youtube videos of minecraft yes mm. yes uh, very much so yes and yeah. my son will it doesn't matter like he will sometimes record just for the family uh some actual play videos of him uh playing minecraft um but even when he is not playing with a friend uh or recording his play he will narrate it to himself. Uh, he will be like, well, here comes those creepers. I don't know anything about Minecraft. Here comes those creepers. I hope it's not pornographic or something. Here comes some Skeletors, you know. Look out. I got to make a pig. Do you think, I mean, will Minecraft go on for so long that we'll have to learn about the creepers and the pigs getting divorced? We're all going to be working there soon. That's going to oh, be the yeah. new economy. Yeah, Oscar told me his new realm is an underground karate fighting tournament. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, Damien, I'd love to hear more about like what what your kids think of your profession. Um Oh, they hate yeah, it. Yeah, like do they <laughs> They don't think it's cool. Do they like go to have they been able to see you like at a show be like 
you know, the yeah, front man my of eldest, a high energy punk band. Well, my eldest, we dragged to a lot of shows in the beginning, and I think that was now something that he's weaponized as a teenager because mm-hmm. he's now just like, I don't care about what you do. And I'm like, yep, I know. <laughs> like, I feel <laughs> it doesn't. I'm not saying it doesn't stab me like an ice dagger to the heart, but I, I know. I know you don't. I was at the art museum today with my wife. And you know how sometimes outside the art museum, they will have like an outdoor event where children can do projects and stuff? Yeah. You know, like in the in the like cafe, outdoor relaxation area, be an art project. They were doing that, but there was a... a a punk band on stage at the end of the like corridor of cafe chairs out, outside the art museum. And they were just like, it was just this lady going like, end yourself and yourself. And <laughs> it's like, this is all these 10 year olds drawing unicorns or whatever. <laughs> well, this woman is like, capitalism is death. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We got to play the art gallery in Toronto uh, one time, and it was it's one of those things where you're up on stage. You're like, I think this joke has gone way too far that we're going to get into this. (laughs) All right. Ha ha ha. We get it, too. (laughs) All right. I'm going to run around this place and I'm going to do my thing. But you you asked for it. Have you ever played for actual children? Uh, yeah, I definitely have. Well, I played for my kids, uh, before when they've come to see us, I'm trying to think I, we did a, like a kids only version of the band, but I don't think they had me sing if I remember correctly. I think I, I had what did to you name, what did you name the band that was for kids? Like, I think I, they, I, the name kind of has to change, right? I think they called it fund up, but <laughs> I don't yeah. remember exactly. I, I remember watching it with my kids, but this was a couple years ago. And I, yeah, we played. We've definitely played shows for like there's this great festival up here called Hillside, which is very strong on like a a family kids component to it. And we got to play, uh, you know, there twice, I guess, three times where there's like a bunch of kids in the front row. And I'm more worried about what I'm going to say in between the songs where I'm just kind of like flowing and I'm using F words sure. and SH words as just fillers in between sentences know you know words. you know the we all know, I know those words. i know those words you're talking about. yeah exactly like i'm using the the uh like four letter words and and just kind of filling stuff and then all of a sudden i catch myself and then i'm like wait their parents brought them to see a band called yeah. fucked sure, up right. like <laughs> to those, assume yeah a certain amount of those kids are coming here with that baggage i'm not going to give them any more wait i have a i have an important question about this fund up band yeah. So this is the other people in your band, but they kicked you out. Did they replace you with like Raffy? Raffy. No, they they all sang them, but we've everyone in the band has been missing for at least a few shows and has been replaced, including myself. I didn't go on the first European tour. I uh, I quit the band and I said I'm I'm leaving the band. And they said, what if you didn't have to go to Europe with us? And I was like, because I was, you know, trying to get myself out of school debt and all sorts of things. So I'm like, okay, sure. So they got this kid, our friend, Mike the Beave, to sing. 
for the band. <laughs> oh man, Mike the Beef always does a great job. Yeah. Mike the Beef, we have Mike the Beef fill in when I'm on summer vacation. Exactly. Well, Mike Huntington, Mike the Beef Huntington is a a, a great person, and I owe him a, a huge debt for doing this because you know he did not fill the visual role that I think people were expecting of the band, and people were very brutal to him. Is he a small, I mean, the, if, for people who haven't heard Fucked Up, you have a very yes. distinct vocal, a terrific vocal. It's loud, it's intense. Uh, I, I'm maybe guessing the Beeves a maybe a smaller man. Slightly smaller man. He does have a fantastic vocal and sang in an incredible hardcore band from up here called Urban Blight that uh, are, are amazing in their own right and to put out a bunch of records and hugely influential. But for some reason, in Western Europe, they did not like him. The further east we go, still to this day, <laughs> there are some places we'll play in Eastern Europe and people will be like, the other guy was better. Yeah. <laughs> well, he knew They're to beef pass heads. out Levi's. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, he knew. Secret. He showed up. He showed up with uh, American chocolate and, and just bought everyone's souls. Oh, I, Jesse, this reminds me, just so you know, next week I'm out and Cooter's going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a punk rock guy. I don't know Mike the Beef so much from when he was filling in and on Fucked Up. I know him more for when he when he would fill in for Carson. Yeah. I thought he did a great job. A lot of people think Gary Shandling was the best. but no, The Beef. Yeah. yeah. I think Mike the Beef was the best. Those suits were amazing. The big lapels. He's the one who banned Joan Rivers, right? <laughs> we used to, we used yeah. to do this thing to him where we'd invite him on stage and we'd be like, hey, tonight we're going to cover an Urban Blight song. So when you hear the riff, come on stage. And so he'd come on stage, a hand on the microphone, and just when he was about to sing, we'd go into a different song. And it's <laughs> <laughs> funny. You know, a horribly mean thing to do. And then a few weeks ago... The band ceremony was in town and they're opening for Turnstile. And I get a text from my friends in the band. They're like, we want to cover uh, Generation by uh, Fucked Up. And I'm like, okay, cool. Sounds good. And then we, they mention it. Get to the show. They don't mention it. They start playing the riff. I walk it on stage. And then they go into a different song. And I'm beefed. You got, you got, I got beefed. <laughs> Did wait? Did Beef set this up somehow, or is no, this totally a coincidence? No, they were like, "Oh my god, we forgot we texted you about it. We just meant as like a little tribute. We're gonna play your riff." And then I walk out, and it's Turnstile playing in Toronto. So there's like yeah. two thousand people there. <laughs> Grab the microphone, put my hand in the air, and they beefed me. Fucking beefed, oh, man! Wow, that's rough. Yeah. Anyway. That was my uh, that was that was musician lead singer karma coming back to haunt me. But yeah, everyone else in the band has sat at one show, or at least one or two shows, maybe a tour. Actually, probably a tour. Now that I think about it, man, I'd love to sit out a Jordan Jesse go tour. That's my dream. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you to do that Liam Gallagher thing where you get to heckle from the audience, like if you're. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Oasis Unplugged is the one of the greatest things MTV ever did. You know what? We've gotten a lot of demand for a Jordan Jesse Go Unplugged. <laughs> they want to hear the story behind when I was in the local weather commercial. <laughs> I tell a story and then I tell the story. These are yes. our hits. Here's the story, if you're wondering, Damien. One time Jordan auditioned to be in a local television commercial. He got the part. Yeah. That's and great. Then I lo 
And then I launch into the story. That's how <laughs> yeah. unplugged it yeah. Then later they gave him $400. Yeah. And then we totally remake The Man Who Sold the World. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from Nirvana's Unplugged. Jordan, what did you get for your local television commercial? Oh, um... I no, I think. Oh no, I think it was. I think they said I was going to get a hundred dollars, and I never got a hundred dollars. So nothing. What collection agency? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Go for Fritz it, Coleman. I know you're listening. You can make this right. Look, I'm not going. I'm not going to say the station. The station. The situation with the station and the hundred dollars. Uh, that's water under the bridge. We're not going to get the hundred dollars out of the station. These people are cutthroat. We don't have the attorneys to get that hundred dollars. <laughs> But Fritz, I know you're listening. You're a good guy. Okay, I could tell from the way you asked Jordan about the swells, mm-hmm. how the, what the or when Jordan asked you about the swells and you helpfully yeah, answered sure. the question about the about the swells. I know you're a good guy. In fact, I would even go so far as to say you're a swell guy. Nice. And I also know you're extraordinarily rich. If there's one thing that we know about NBC Force Fritz Coleman, it's that this guy is made out of fucking money. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about income, I'm talking about wealth. Fritz, you got $100. Give it to Jordan. Yes. Find retired weatherman Fritz Coleman on Twitter <laughs> and demand he Venmo me $100. <laughs> just find his house. Forget Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Don't actually do that, anyone. Please. Do not actually. No one go to Fritz Coleman. <laughs> no one do that for time. real. Fuck it. Let's dox Coleman. Don't dox Coleman. He's fine. Jordan, I, Jordan I'm with you. Will dox Dallas Reigns? That's when fine. I, okay. When I was in when I was in high school, I was at this party, and I had this friend that was obsessed with this local indie rock musician called Noah Mintz, and he uh, had this great project called Noah's Ark Weld. Had another project that's pre broken social scene. A lot of bands in Toronto are pre broken social scene mm-hmm. called Head Head with and double H at the front. And he got drunk at this party, and he wouldn't stop talking about Noah Mintz. And I'm like, if you like this guy so much, why don't you just go to his house? And he's like, well, I know where he lives. And I'm like, yeah, just do it. And he did. And he walked all the way across the city. And and he told me later on, like, yeah, I got to his house. I knocked on the door. It got a little weird. And then. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) And then two years ago. I'm in Kensington Market in Toronto, and I see a bunch of friends drinking at a bar, and I go up, and, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, blah, blah, introduce me to Noah Mintz. And I'm like, oh, my God, I had a friend in high school that was obsessed with you. And I think one time, he's like, is that the dude that came over to my house that one night? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Didn't have the courage to tell him I told him to do that, but. <laughs> I like that your buddy was drunk, and then. On the walk over, didn't sober up enough to realize it was a bad idea. <laughs> it Just was a very across yeah. Toronto. I think I think he forced his way into his house at one point oh my and gosh. sat on the couch. It was one wow. of those things. If he wasn't fifteen at the time, it would have been really scary. Yeah, uh, no one is scared of teenagers. Certainly not me. No. <laughs> He, if I remember correctly, he was also uh, very good with a yo-yo and was yo-yoing at the time. Because <laughs> Noah Miss did bring that up as a detail to me. That's it. That makes this twice as terrifying. If a kid shows up at your door who's drunk and in the middle and yo-yoing, that's like how the clown from It is holding those helium balloons. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and originally, horrible. it was a weapon too, right? Like that's way more yeah. terrifying than a balloon. 
That's my concern is that, you know, the yo-yo's origins are as a weapon. What if he knows how to weaponize a yo-yo? Yeah. Was yeah. it a standard yo-yo or a butterfly? It was a butterfly. We were yeah. we were into yo-yoing. We we definitely and I I appreciate your understanding of the medium. <laughs> yeah, and you were coming straight from a party, so of course you would have the butterfly. <laughs> of course we had the yo-yos out, man. Yeah, there were babes at the party. <laughs> yeah. We had to break out the flies. You know, I, my uh, childhood best friend Pete, he was he was like a graffiti writer and uh, is a graffiti writer and an artist. A little cooler than a yo-yoer. Well, they're pretty. <laughs> I don't know what kind of tricks could you do. That's Honestly, true. I've heard I've heard graffiti called the yo-yo of the streets. That's true. <laughs> That's really true. You know, in my opinion, the original yo-yo is Bob Dylan. Exactly. Yes. Some people might even say William Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Pete one time found Dan Klaus, the comics guy. You know, famous comics guy. And uh, like at a at a book event, I don't know, a book event or something, showed him his drawing book, sketchbook. Dan Klaus invited him over to his house to draw. Wow. That sounds fun. That is, that's awesome though. That's like the dream. Yeah. This other dude, uh, this other Bay Area, now is, he's now a famous fine artist, this guy called Barry McGee. Still, the, we used to write twists. In fact, he probably still writes twists all over San Francisco. This guy also invited Pete over to his house. It's incredible these drawing guys and their respect they the respect and lack of fear they have for teens. I guess cuz it's like that's like one of those places like punk where where uh you know like not saying that certain people don't abuse this and don't don't misuse this, but it's almost like a a, a neverland world where you never actually grow up. Like I had friends that were in their late 50s early 60s as like a teenager and they would legitimately just trade records and it was never creepy but they're they're you know that but that was just because it was like this punk thing where like we all were okay with it and i think graffiti is kind of the same way and once again not that this isn't abused and misused by people and and not saying that abuse doesn't happen in both of these places because i'm sure i know it does uh but at the same time there's also on the other side of it this side where it's kind of like you can hang out with a 50 some odd year old person and it not be necessarily creepy and terrifying yeah it's the same in the underground karate fighting world in my i think so right <laughs> there's a certain generosity of spirit well there's the younger fighters like sakura and sean <laughs> sure who fight adults <laughs> ibuki there's shit i saw in my karate dojo that i'm still processing as an adult sure <laughs> like, as a kid <laughs> uh damien i'm interested about because i mean you have I mean, you've talked to like your heroes on your podcast, but like, what is it just like going up to, you know, someone you've worshipped your entire life at a music festival or something and saying like, do you want to be on my podcast? Is it kind of weird and nerve wracking? No, because I was always a punisher. Mm. You know, I was always the guy that was up in these people's faces backstage at shows, even as a kid, like I did a. My brother and I did a fake fanzine. Well, it wasn't a fake fanzine. We we legitimately intended it for it to actually come out. But transcribing interviews is hard. Thank That's goodness so podcasts boring. exist. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so boring. That's why I didn't be, never became a print journalist, because it's too boring to transcribe interviews. So tedious. Like, we, I remember us doing the first one with, uh, <laughs> like, someone from Unwritten Law. And we're all sitting there at the computer just being like, oh, my gosh. Like, there's a lot of ums and ahs in this thing. 
I should have been paying attention when Mario was teaching typing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember reading that there's like this This American Life How to Make Radio comic book. It's really great. If anybody's interested in their podcasting or whatever, I really recommend it. You can still buy PDFs of it for $5 or something on the This American Life website. But there was a part in there, and I was reading this, I was like 18, you know? And there was a part in there that was talking about their process. And it, it involved going out into the field, getting all these hours and hours and hours of tape, then bringing them back to the, to the office, transcribing them, and then doing a text edit on them, writing out the piece with the text and the time codes. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm out on that. Like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Ira, you can still be my hero and everything, but mm, 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 no transcribing for me. I oh, just really, I shan't be. I really just want to thank the those the food not bombs kids who transcribe this podcast, make <laughs> photocopies of it at Kinko's, <laughs> and leave it at the local anarchist bookstore. God, thank you <laughs> so much. For all the people without computers now, they can still yeah. follow along in mm-hmm. their own way. Analog podcasts. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's hot. My friends, uh, you know, like have done that kind of work in radio, and I saw that. But the closest thing I ever got was writing out playlists, and my work illegible like when i have to write up the, what songs i played no one got paid royalties off my radio shows unfortunately <laughs> because no one could find out who was playing that really is like the the amount to have like a college radio show or whatever um the amount of legally required record keeping is really prohibitive for the people that would like to have a a college radio show. Right. Like, yes, th- those, these are not record keeping folk. <laughs> no. They well, certainly, they, they keep their records from the college radio station. <laughs> but besides that, <laughs> take a couple, just a few that got taken home by accident in, yeah. in the stacks. Yeah. You actually yeah. throw it in your bag. It happens. We, it happens. We had to do math in Canada too, because we had CanCon rules. So you had to figure out, you know, I think it was 20% of your your show had to be Canadian. So if you were a Canadian band with a short song, you got played a lot. And it actually led to a lot of weird punk hits in Canada on much music uh, because there would always be, oh, shoot, we only have a minute left. We only have a two minute left. Let's put this Gob song on or let's put <laughs> this DBS song on. And so there's like right, a we lot need of- we need something that's Canadian in 90 seconds. <laughs> exactly. We got to get this in there somehow. Um and it was a great strategy for punk bands to find their way and weasel their way onto like mainstream television in Canada for a while. God. I'd love to be in Gob. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? They had beef with the uh Gob from America. There are two Gobs. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't know Gob, Gob was Canadian, but I guess I just am yeah. familiar with the other Gob. <laughs> there's two Gobs. There's Reno Gob and Vancouver gob. Now, I know you're a Canadian, so you're you're probably tempted to go one way, but as as a musician, which gob is the better gob? I, it's kind of hard to say cuz they are so they that's why I love punk because there can be two bands called gob in the genre of punk and sound so dissimilar. Mm-hmm. You, there uh the Reno Gob is uh, a power violence band, uh it's so it's blurry fast and wild vocals and then gob from canada is kind of a pop punk band and actually one of the guys now plays in some 41 and a huge they're a huge influence on some 41 
Um, Can I just say that my gob is an awesome gob? (laughs) (laughs) Gob, take the wheel. (laughs) They beefed in the Max Rock and Roll, uh, not in the letter section. I think it was just in interviews. And I remember the Canadian gob challenged the American gob to a hockey game. (laughs) (laughs) That's not fair. fair. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone would have fared well in that competition. Um, American gob challenged Canadian gob to a Dairy Queen. (laughs) (laughs) We don't even have these over there. (laughs) Uh, Damien, you have, uh, I hear you talk about your record collection on the show, which I like. And now I get to see the record collection behind you, which is fun and impressive. What's the, what's the, what's, what's the crown jewel in the collection? Jeez. Uh, I've got a, uh, a negative approach test press uh, that's like the rejected mix of their first seven inch. And I traded 200 records or 300 records. I forget how many I, I, I like traded in and took the money and went and bought this thing. So I kind of think I traded for it. And that's what I'll tell my children. <laughs> like, what did you do with your money, dad? I've been sorting these albums that I inherited from my aunt who passed away. And she had this huge record collection. And I'll be looking through these records and she was she really liked jazz music. And and I'll get to one I'll I'll get to a record with a jazz record with a a weird cover. And I'll I'll look it up on the internet. And there's a bunch of them that are, you know, sell for three or four hundred dollars. And I've found that the more valuable the record is the more difficult to appreciate it is, let's say generously <laughs> difficult to appreciate. <laughs> and I like don't want to sell them because they belong to my auntie and I would never see another one again. And they remind me of someone I loved. But I'm also like, wow, these solos are very free. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like, I now look at this record collection. I'm like, I got to get rid of some of this stuff because eventually no matter how much I love this record, uh, it's going to be completely meaningless to my kids. Like they have not taken (laughs) any interest in this stuff so far. And it's like uh, those antique stealers whose kids only buy their furniture at Ikea. Exactly. Me and my dad, my dad has like art deco life with his whole furniture thing and sells. He now sells antiques because he had to deal with his addiction uh, to, to, to many things, but antiques being one of them. And, uh, this was my kind of, uh, my, my, I guess, rebellion was collecting records. So he, he was into punk too. And I actually have some of his old punk records in here. He was more a sixties music guy and kind of too old to be really in the scene, but he definitely got a couple records and, and some good ones, including Pat Smears father-in-law's record release version of his LP. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Damien, did you ever, I mean, you know, obviously this is armchair quarterbacking at this point, but yeah. like, you know, you, you say that like your kids don't care about punk rock. Is there a way you could have reverse engineered it by just like when you had kids just pretending to be into rush yourself and then <laughs> yes. the kids would lash out against you by getting into punk? I think no matter what you're into, they will, they will know no matter what you are, no matter what you do, they will know what to do to hurt you. And, uh, <laughs> and they, they see will... your soft spots. <laughs> yeah. I took, I took my, my middle child's screens away. Um, you know, Minecraft once again. Um, and he looked at me 
And he goes, oh, yeah? Punk sucks. Wow. Just like, just like God damn it, dude. <laughs> and you're like, it's an acquired taste. It's an yeah. acquired taste. One day you'll grow up and you're like, shrimp. And punk. Yeah, and I'm like, not, and I'm like, how can you say all of it? You know, like you're not like, sure, maybe, maybe Canadian gob, but what about Reno gob? Yeah. yeah, yeah. These kids like don't know about Reno gob. <laughs> they don't know about Reno gob, right? Like, so many kids these days are so like dismissive of power violence. I feel like even don't no matter it. how blurry the drums are, they don't get it. You know, no. Uh, I <laughs> they they do love that Minecraft song though. <laughs> oh god my, that's the only music my my middle child just likes this one minecraft song and then he thinks that good music is when you play a regular song twice as fast using <laughs> the computer i don't I, know i had a uh, perry from nerf herder on the podcast recently and in my research i uncovered that he wrote the song it's raining tacos which <laughs> is used in roblox and wow. when i told my kids that I interviewed the guy that wrote It's Raining Tacos, I finally impressed them. Wow. That was it. That did I it. I finally had them. They were All like... All these years. I, man, I, I was trying. I'm like, Daddy's making a radio show with Pee Wee Herman. Blank stare. <laughs> Daddy had the YouTube Minecraft song guy. That would be a rocket to the stars for them, for, for me in their eyes. <laughs> yes. That was that definitely they they were like uh that guy Bill Hader that was on your podcast is doing really well and I'm like oh yeah they're like yeah he had a voice in the Adams family movie <laughs> <laughs> You sit your kids down and you make them watch Barry make them watch all of it yeah. I told them that not until you're at least 14 and right yeah <laughs> yeah um are any which is the most punk rock of your children Damien I guess all of them because they they just reject it completely, you know. That's, right. That makes them all. Um, I think Dorian's the one who I can see. My middle child, he's the one I can see when I put on a song, kind of gets into it once in a while. He's at least the one that likes guitar based music the yeah. most out of all of them. But even that's changing. I find I can't lean in. I can't lean in. Anytime they like anything, I've just got to play it cool. Don't get excited because then they will know that. If they hate it, it'll hurt you. The main punk rock thing that my kids do is like uh, refuse to wash their hair. Hmm. That's like the number one. <laughs> yes. Unless trampolining is a big punk rock thing and I didn't know, then I would say refusing to wash their hair is the number one. I guess like uh, rejecting the authority over screens is the other punk rock thing they do because like they will. And it's funny because I'll have people on the podcast and they'll be like my my eldest son's age and they'll be like, yeah, like 12, like, oh, well, I had, um, Steve McDonald from Red Cross, one of the earliest episodes. And at 12, he was, I, I used air quotes when I say this, dating a 27 year old woman who ended up kidnapping him with her parents and holding him for six months. And then he got reverse kidnapped and stuff. And so I look at my son who's sneaking downstairs and sneaking onto a computer to play Minecraft at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm, I'm like, well, there, but for the grace of God, go I, because there is yeah. way more want, terrifying things that T could be sure. into. The last thing you want to have to do is reverse kidnap one of your kids. I don't exactly, at least until they're in their twenties and it's from a religious cult. Yeah. Sure. I mean, would I be fine end of the day 
if I had to reverse bank rob my kids, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I'd do that. At least I'd get some bags full of money with dollar signs on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> you you would get so much Robux from Roblox, you oh, would be yeah. rolling in it. You could have mm. the best avatar. Yeah. Um, You guys want to go uh, commit a little reverse crime and then uh, come back for another segment? We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Now, Jordan, on a week to week basis, on a minute to minute basis, who is the number one supporter of Jordan Jesse Go? Why, all the people that go to MaximumFun.org slash join and sign up to support. Yes, the members of Maximum Fun, we salute you. I raise my seltzer in honor of you. We're also supported this week by the good folks at Magic Spoon. Look, if you're eating healthier, if you're looking to get something that is satisfying for your breakfast, but also satisfies your sweet tooth, uh, without a bunch of carbs and sugar. Magic Spoon, a great option. Very, very tasty. Yeah, uh, zero grams of sugar, 140 calories, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. And hey, if we're talking about the honey nut flavor, which I definitely want to because that's a great flavor, uh, that one only has one gram of sugar. There's some new flavors here. Uh, oh, yeah. Not just honey nut. There's also cinnamon roll, which is very nice. Uh, and of course, Magic Spoon, known the world over as the only breakfast cereal that my kid Frankie calls Magic Poon. Go to magicspoon.com slash JJGo to grab a custom bundle of cereal and be sure to use our promo code JJGo at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com slash JJGo and use our code JJGo to save $5 off. We're also supported this week by the folks over there at Zip Recruiter. Jordan, it is summertime. Mm -hmm. And I want to save all of my time this summer for the Sea-Doo, baby. <laughs> Heck yeah. Now, do I have a lake to ride it on? Not yet. But my plan right now is to tie a rope to the back of my car, tie it to the front of the Sea-Doo, and spend my summer riding the streets of Southern California. <laughs> Jesse, uh, I mean, I want that. I want that for you. I want that for you. There's a but... problem. Jordan, there's a problem. I'm oh a business gosh. owner. What if oh I have God. to do some hiring? That's going to soak up all of my time that I would have been using riding my Sea-Doo behind on the streets of Southern California. Here's, here's what you need to do, Jesse. That's why you need ZipRecruiter to find great candidates. They do the work for you. Of and now the crew. The crew, the crew does the work. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. Here's what they do. They use powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. It's the number one rated hiring site based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of January 1, 2022. This whole time I've been trying to find and match the right candidates to my job with a freaking yo-yo. Well, you're a fool, Jesse. You're a fool. ZipRecruiter has been here this whole time. 
Soak up all that summer has to offer and let ZipRecruiter do the work. Ready for the URL? It's ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. That's where you can try it for free. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Uh, Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Damien Abraham, fallen pitchfork darling. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I didn't know anymore. you fell, Damien. I fell. We're not, we're not best new music anymore. You know we're what not... I blame? I blame fucking Condé Nast. Hmm. I blame specifically that uh, Condé Nast Adventures or whatever that travel magazine is called. <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> I think, I think the, uh, Fucked Up does not play as well in the Condé Nast era of Pitchfork as we did in the other era. We got, but that's okay. We're just in our uh, Save Ferris period. You know, remember Save Ferris? Yes. <laughs> oh, Damien, I grew up in Orange County in the 90s. That is maybe the band I've seen live the most. I can't believe they took their 9.0 away, right? Like, that's one of the Pitchfork reviews that got deleted from the archives. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Yeah. There was a, they had like a 9.0 review. <laughs> that's a funny little like <laughs> blight on pitchfork <laughs> you know it's not a perfect rating system but i didn't yeah. know i knew that they had reevaluate. like i remember that they had given andrew wk's first album like a horrible pan yeah and they like kicked it up to an eight and a half or something uh when they you know finally came to understand non-irony and um but I didn't know that they had gone the other direction, that they had been like, mm, on second thought, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, you just quietly disappear from the archives when it's right. that. But I actually interviewed uh, Jason Green recently on the podcast from Orchid, and then he played in Panthers. And Orchid, of course, like invents Screamo and is, is lauded in punk. Um, and then Panthers were not lauded as much. Um, and they actually have the distinction of having the second lowest pitchfork score ever. A point seven. Wow. Wow. Yep. How do you even get a point seven? Someone's got to be in a really bad mood that day. I would have assumed Nazi shit. Honestly, I it. it's like, not even like stuff. Point four record. for drumming speed. <laughs> yeah. But besides that, not much to be said for this Nazi band. Uh, yeah, there's really nothing. Like I can't. There, but there, there's some band that got like a lower score where i think it was the monkey peeing in to its own mouth was the thing for the review <laughs> <laughs> we're not even going to assign this a number we're going to do a, yeah, a, a, gif. a gif of a of peeing can i just i want to mention because we were talking about anarchist bookstores mm -hmm. i got an email uh earlier this year from a, a max fun listener who has an anarchist bookstore? I mean, it's a socialist bookstore, but sure, yeah. let's not split hairs here. I'm sure they wouldn't do that. I, I, <laughs> they're probably soups chill about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about whether you can vote in a revolution or not. They're probably super uh, chill about that. But they look sweet. I saw a picture of them in the picture, and they look like real sweeties. So if you're in Providence, Rhode Island... And you're a socialist. I do not endorse politics on this program, Jordan, as you know. I'm an NPR journalist. The only thing that I approve of, of course, is birding. Um, but 
Uh, if you're in Providence, Rhode Island, the Max Fun leftist bookstore is the Red Ink Community Library. Hmm. Isn't that nice? Yeah. There you go. We have a we have an official anarchist or socialist bookstore. You know what? We we have a so, an official socialist bookstore. If you'd like to apply to be our official anarchist bookstore, drop us a line at jjgoatmaximumfun.org. <laughs> <laughs> let's hear from all of you and if there's it look if there's any anarcho syndicalists out there and you have your own bookstore we'll put you in contact with the anarchist bookstore and you guys can fight it out <laughs> just make sure to pass the talking stick back and forth <laughs> i think this is going to be our most popular segment ever <laughs> uh when something momentous happens to you we ask you to call us at 206-984-4-FUN or email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org and just send us a voicemail it's as easy as Picking up your telephone and saying, hello, voice memo, and then it'll open your voice memo app and then just record whatever you're going to do and just email it to us. You know, it's who uses phones? JJGo at MaximumFun.org is the email address. Here's a momentous occasion from someone now. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. My name is Brent. So I'm driving through the uh, foothills of North Carolina. It's first day of summer. And I started seeing fireflies, which is pretty cool, because uh, I was driving back to see my parents. I haven't seen fireflies in a long time. So they started getting closer and closer to the road and more and more dense until I'm in this, like, cloud of fireflies. And they started hitting my windshield. And my windshield just started glowing. <laughs> just all over, little dots and dots and dots, firefly, just dead, glowing firefly carcasses. Um, it was as beautiful as it was gross. <laughs> love you bye man that's incredible that's gorgeous what a what an incredible moment you know Mm -hmm. there's certain moments in our lives that we want to hold on to and treasure you know one time uh i used to be a truck driver one time i really plowed the shit out of a unicorn Mm, and it was the smear across that freeway jordan just extraordinary. I've always dreamed of watching a turtle explode. <laughs> that doesn't that sound beautiful? It sounds absolutely gorgeous. This, so we don't have. Do they have fireflies in uh, Toronto, Damien? You got warm weather in the summer. Yeah, but I've only seen them. I think I've only seen them when I've been in the states and yeah. stuff. I don't remember seeing them growing up, and and they certainly weren't like we got moths. And actually, there's this place in. Just outside of Montreal called Lachine, and they have these shad flies. And I remember going to a grocery store one time as a kid, and the whole door just covered in them. Just like, like I've never seen anything like it. It was it was hideous, and uh, that stayed with me for life. And so they weren't glowing though. Yeah, that's the that's the key thing. I used to see fireflies. You probably Jordan saw fireflies visiting your uh, family in Texas and Louisiana. Yeah. I, I used to see him, my, my my mom's from Washington D.C. and her and her, her family mostly lived in Virginia, and uh, I I used to see the fireflies there and it was always incredible. Our friend Glenn Weldon uh, from Pop Culture Happy Hour he lives in uh, he lives in those environs and I saw a picture that he took uh, of being completely surrounded by fireflies and I guess I'm wondering if there's too many fireflies now. Yes, people need to start <laughs> intentionally plowing into them. With their cars. Should we be introducing predator? What eats a firefly? Kudzu? 
A water fly. Yeah. <laughs> a, a human. I think that would be like a new yeah. great yeah. dining thing, you know, like your food lights up. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, that would be a great fine dining. Like yeah. maybe the chef has like a cheese grater and he grates the fireflies <laughs> over your pasta. Yeah. Like Say a, when. That nutmeg they... type thing. I would love that. Uh, what kind of pig can sniff out fireflies? That's what we need. One of those firefly sniffing pigs. Yes. If you can catch a few of them. This gives me an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's we're in the thick of it. It's summertime, and I think we have a, a rich tradition of giving people great advice for for their summers, right? I, I think, yeah. I mean, a, there's a lot of podcasts out there, uh-huh. but there's only one hosted by a real summer boy, and that's you, Jordan Morris. That's true. Yes, I am. Uh, you know, the summer boy, and obviously, like. Um, a lot there's there's a lot riding on me yeah. to make people people are looking to me for summer advice right and i think this firefly call gives me an idea wow and feel free to shoot this down i mean i am the expert but i i want your feedback too right how do you feel about encouraging our listeners to make this a folksy ass summer yeah i think that sounds like a lot of fun keep it down home yeah like <laughs> Leave a pie to cool on a windowsill. Right. <laughs> Go skinny dipping in the crick. Go skinny dipping in the crick. That would be great. And ju- and and the Jesse, I think that's great. Just because it's folksy doesn't mean it can't be horny. Yeah, I think that's absolutely <laughs> true. A lot of people think that folksy and horny are oppositional. They think that you have no. to choose between. No. Them. But where no. do you, where do you think Ma and Pa got their kids? That's right. They fucked. Yeah, Ma and Pa. Ma and Pa fuck. Yeah. These two fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fokin' and fucking. That's what's What's a good example, Damien? What's a good example of a down home Canadian activity? Because we want to take this international. I guess there's like a lot of people that cottage. Cottaging is like a huge thing mm-hmm. in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um and this is a type of sex? <laughs> I guess cottaging. I guess there's sex that goes on there. I never really got to go to many cottages. This but, is like yeah. that thing where English people f- fucking parking lots or whatever. <laughs> yeah, dogging. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's, that was our, our, our first trip to England, getting off the plane. And with four minutes, the guy who's driving us is brought up dogging twice. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be the most fun tour. You're like, look, I'm known for bleeding from my head on stage. But this is a bit much for me. Yeah, I just, I just think any time that that's come up twice in the first few minutes of conversation, you know that this has been on the person's mind a lot. Did you think it was a thing where it's was he like taking your temperature? Was it like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we kissed? Is that what you think what was going on? That's ex- it was kind of that vibe at first. It's like it was like, oh, it's funny. Let's let me tell you about this thing, and then it's like, okay. <clears throat> And then it's like, you remember that thing I told you about that was so funny? Yeah. Dogging? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it wasn't that funny the first time. Now it's getting really weird. And he's like, anyway, we're in a car. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird how I just brought up this car thing? And yeah. Here we are. Okay. There's so parking down... lots and forests everywhere. Wait, mm-hmm. is, is cottaging, is that like a lake house kind of situation? Yeah. It's like a lake house type thing. There's this place called Muskoka uh, near here. And there's like, I think there's like a tragically hip song about it. And it's hard to like put into perspective the importance of the tragically hip to, to people that aren't from Canada, but it's like, 
like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles cross with like Bruce Springsteen, I guess, to Canadian people, certain Canadian people, I should say. But like, you know, it, it like our prime minister was crying at their last show and, and, and they are a very important band and a, and a great band too. Like they, they really lived up to it, but just the, the level of, of adulation for this band and they have a song about Muskoka and <laughs> that was just so adverse to everything I I liked as a young person. And <laughs> <laughs> you weren't into cottage core? No, I was definitely not. I was definitely a city core person. I was a You were into cottage cheese though, right? <laughs> I, I never even liked cottage cheese. I'm like, wow. I'm trying to think what I like. What are you even eating Cot- on your grapefruits? <laughs> I, I can't even eat a grapefruit. That's how far away from cottaging I am at this point. At what point in American history did it stop being what you order in a fancy hotel for breakfast a grapefruit with cottage cheese i bet that left i bet that i bet the last year for that was 1989 Mm, that seems about right and then that's when sun-dried tomatoes came in exactly yeah come roaring (laughs) for breakfast eat a handful of sun-dried tomatoes i want some smart food and a snapple thanks Go savory for the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, they call it the savory 90s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, we got another call in there. Oh, uh, we should explain this. Damien, uh, Jordan and I are really creative. Jordan is a television writer. Um, I, of course, am a podcast producer. Uh, I mean, probably best known for my work on television's Comedy Bang Bang as smug TV writer. Um, but we're both really creative, so we come up with a lot of ideas for segments. So this yeah. is an idea for a segment that we had. It's not just a caller calling in because they just have something they wanted to say on a podcast, that's and then it. they make that's up a name for the is. segment that they're calling in for. That's it. That's what it is. No. We're creative. We wrote it down and mailed it to ourselves. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guest. This is Anna calling from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. So, yes, I am one of those clowns in Washington. And I am calling the show for a second, Brian. Look, Damien, I don't know a lot about parliamentary democracy, but we have a representative democracy here in the United States. And now I go out to vote. Every year, sometimes twice a year. Jordan, how how much how often do you vote? A shit ton, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm always I'm Desi. I'm voting right now, bro. Thank bro, you. Bro, I'm voting right now. You just can't see me below the waist, but I'm voting with my dick. <laughs> okay. I didn't follow until the end. That's the voice I used to audition for everything in two thousand and five. Damien, here's my point. We have a representative democracy here in the United States. These people live in Washington, D.C., in the Capitol building. And you would think that given, well, some of them live together in a rental apartment that was rented for them by the creator of Doonesbury on behalf of Amazon Prime. But besides that, (laughs) most of them live in the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And you would think, Damien, that because we hire these people, because we chose these people, because these people represent us, that these would be good, honest, hardworking Americans, just regular Joes and Janes like you and I, but with a commitment to democracy and bettering our nation. Um, but do you know what we have out there in in Congress? What is it? Yeah, no, it's fucking clowns is what it is. It's clowns, a bunch yeah. of fucking big shoe clowns, yep. a bunch of seltzer mm-hmm. 
assholes mm-hmm. with little fucking flowers and tiny cars mm-hmm. flapping around with their big fucking feet instead of addressing the problems of our country. Thing. This is a callback. To These fucking people. Thing we used to do a little more frequently. With their with their weird face makeup, pretending to be a drunk for, a for children. Minute or two. Instead of voting on legislation these fucking clowns some people will probably enjoy it and you know what's it you know what's it the same shit's going down in the state house right now sacramento california same shit's going down a bunch of fucking Mm -hmm. clowns and you know what they have in sacramento a bunch of those fucking french clowns from cirque du soleil these guys are doing art Mm -hmm. clowning instead of passing laws that are going to protect the people of this great state and i'm i for one am fucking sick of it i'm running for city council (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know what they told me, Jordan? Hmm. I told them I went to UC Santa Cruz, and they said, no, you have to go to Barnum and Bailey's fucking clown college. Wow. That's all. Just I just wanted to fill Damien in because he's from Canada. Well, Cirque du Soleil is from Canada. That's true. We yeah. got some clowns up here. That's yeah. true. Some so, very you know, whimsical but, clowns. But we have uh, from L'Etranger, Charlie Angus, a punk band, mm-hmm. and- what about this guy, Beto O'Rourke from Foss? Wow. Wow. You know? You're, he, he, look Damien at has O'Rourke. produced a seven-inch of Beto's album. I think if Beto gets elected eventually to president, he, Fugazi's going to get reunited. He's going to force Fugazi to get back together. That's going to be his first hundred days promise. It's going to be right there. It's going to be by decree. Damien, do you have the... Um... Do you have the cassette of Nancy Pelosi's ska band? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Still, Kill by Death. That's a hard one to get. <laughs> they, gave, they gave some out at a record release show. You know what? Yeah, a lot of people make fun of that record, but she she brought in Tower of Power, and I think they did a great job on the horns. <laughs> that's that Bay Area shit, you know? You got... It's a shame It's a shame. Uh, Pitchfork took down their review. Wait, are you saying she was the singer in Cold Blood? What would you say? All that time? <laughs> Who would you say, and I'm asking you this very honestly, is the best act to get their start at Gilman? Is it Green Day or Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> it's a trick question it's rancid i'm gonna say no comment and i mean the band no comment thank you, yeah, that's what's up thank yeah. you thank Hell you yeah. okay let's get back to washington dc brian and i am calling for your segment romantic moments in vision correction my partner of almost 10 years is quite visually impaired he has a very strong prescription and thus has to wear glasses to see me even if I'm like eight inches away from his face. And he has long lamented the fact that if he wants to see me while we are doing something sexy, he has to put his glasses on. And that makes everything a little more complicated because you got to keep the glasses on and he's not a sports guy so he doesn't have one of those little straps that goes around his head so for the last few months he's been talking about getting sex contacts and the other day he did it he went to the eye doctor and he said give me some contacts without telling the eye doctor that they were sex contacts and he wore them while we were having sex and he was like wow I can see you. You're so hot. And it was really nice. Thanks, y'all. 
Do you think that like J- uh, James Worthy from the Los Angeles Lakers and Chris Sabo from the Cincinnati Reds wore their sports goggles when they were fucking? I think there were probably some fans who demanded it, right? I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking if if I was in Cleveland and I was going up to Chris Sabo at the hotel bar when, when they're on the road, they wouldn't have been on the road. There's a National League city and an American League city. What am I talking about? Pittsburgh. Let's say Chris Sabo is in Pittsburgh. It's 1988. He's well on his way to the Rookie of the Year. If you're a lady, you go up to him. You like you like ball players, and who among us doesn't? He brings you up to his hotel room. He's got to wear the fucking gogs, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like if you like, if you finally are able to get back to Chris Angel's hotel room, you want him to wear the thirteen leather bracelets. Yeah, this is true. It's part of it. The honest truth is. Nobody gogs like Sabo unless it's the television show Justified starring Walton Goggins. That's true. What a fun thing to say. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. B minus. <laughs> that's what I give it. <laughs> C plus maybe even. My question is, why isn't he wearing a monocle for sex night? Oh, oh yes. shit. Hold that thing no? in there. Do you yeah, think? Yeah, where's the sex monocle? God, I guess he doesn't, uh, I guess he doesn't want his partner to blast like nobody's blasted ever before that's true that's true can i ask you guys a question is this would this be a good i'm trying to develop some fetishes just because i want something that's a guaranteed boner for me as i get older Mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm right now a a gb yeah right now i want to i want everybody to know that uh all i need is one look at my beautiful wife and i'm hard as a rock Mm -hmm. it's not a concern right now but let's say I'm 53, you know? I don't want to take a chemical boner enhancement. I'm going to need a fetish to goose things a little, you know? And I don't want to be like that guy who is in charge of FIFA or Formula One or whatever, and it involves, like, ladies dressed in Nazi outfits. So I need something that's pretty accessible and pretty wholesome. And I'm going to pitch something to you. I want you to know how you feel about it. It's fucking, but you have those dilating eye drops in your eyes. Uh-huh. Like when you go to the optometrist and they have right. to look inside there. What about that? Is that anything? I mean, it can't be any worse than that thing where they stick an electric stick up the penis. I mean... I think there's a middle ground between the two. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> See, there's that doesn't seem to right do to me, Damien. I don't know a lot <laughs> about the field, but... I do I do kind of want to go back to Damien's idea. Have you thought of monocling? Yeah. That could be pretty hot. I I think I would I would be more into it if my wife wore a monocle. I feel like it's too on brand for me. It's not enough of a, you know, change of pace. But Teresa nor ordinarily wouldn't wear a monocle. I'd love to see that. And then if if like you say something, you know, shocking and nasty she can like it can fall out because she can pretend to be so surprised god that would be so hot can i pitch you a can i pitch you a sort of spin-off idea sure what about monocling where what gets you hard is that stuff from monocle magazine you know that really expensive english magazine and so just you 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 get really horned up when someone talks about how uh a, a country needs better rail service Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like different Never. airport lounges and which one's the best airport lounge or like what kind of car a, th- a third world president drives hey whatever whatever gets you that gb man oh, 
Who am I to judge? I'd love to have a GB. Well, look, with you guys around, I don't need a GB. You're my G. You're my yeah. OG, Jordan. Like, hey, like like this caller's partner mm-hmm. said to them after he got contacts, you're, you're so hot. All of you are so hot. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> Damien, Val, Brian. That means so, so much. That means so, thanks. so much. Yeah, no problem. No problem. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Um, hi, I'm looking for a movie. Oh, I got you. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where... The, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm Ify Wadiwe. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together, we host the movie podcast, Maximum Film. New episodes every week on MaximumFun.org. And you actually just walked into our recording booth. Oh, weird. Sorry. I thought this was a video store. You seem like a lady with a lot of problems. Carrie, is it? Oh, yes. Hi, I'm Carrie. I am Psychic Ross, and I will be reading you this evening. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. I co-host a podcast. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Uh, Yes, I'm sensing that. The spirits are telling me. It is a show about Well, it's about like fringe science and spirituality and claims of the paranormal. Oh, you knew that. You do research online. But more importantly, like we do in-person investigations. In-person investigate as well. Oh, my God. That's amazing. See? Me and my friend. This is so weird. My friend, Ross. Same name as you. Weird. He and I just go and try them all out. And actually, we've gone to a number of psychics. And to be honest with you, it's a lot like this. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. They can find it at MaximumFun.org. I could have told you that. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Damien Abraham, fallen pitchfork idol. Damien will never downgrade this episode of jordan jessica <laughs> thank you <laughs> on which you've graced us with your presence i knowing that is my legacy is secured at least in one place on the internet is all i need because you know i could be downgraded on pitchfork and disappear alice a ferris one day jordan jessica is like the musical cats it's now and forever mm-hmm. thank you jordan You're welcome. i have a question damien are these records behind you which are stored uh, record store style, uh, which I like. Good for flipping, convenient for yes. flipping. Yes. Uh, is it all punk rock seven inches, or are there like a few Weather Report albums back in there? It, it, pretty much at this point, it's no, that's not true. I got a bunch of 45s of different genres, but uh, for the most part, it is punk. I have a, I realize like, at, you know, you need to focus because you're not going to get every record ever, right. and even getting every punk record ever is, is, <laughs> It's a tall feat, but I tried. <laughs> oh boy, did I try! And one day my kids will have to figure out what to do with them. Yeah, I don't even have all of Beto's records. Well, this record, this record's just going to keep appreciating. Like yeah. this is like, have you? What does it sound like? <laughs> it's awesome. Really? It, it is awesome. 
It's also Cedric from at Future at the Drive-In vocalist and Mars Volta vocalist really? on wow. drums. Okay. And it's 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 heavily indebted to kind of like DC hardcore stuff. But here's a wild one for you. When Cedric was on the podcast, he told me that when they were younger, they somehow got into Canada. I don't know how they got into Canada back then, but they got in, snuck in probably. Probably one of those Chapo tunnels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got they played up here in Canada and they went on tour with a band called Placebo. Once again, a gob situation, not to be confused with the other placebo. I was gonna ask. This placebo featured Feist. So Feist went on tour with Beto O'Rourke and Cedric from At the Drive In, probably playing to like twenty people a night in like Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan in the early nineties. Wow. That's how are the crowd how are the crowds out in Moose Jaw? If it's if a fucked up shows any indication, not well enough attended to warn a drive from uh, Texas. <laughs> you know what? I've seen some pretty epic shows in Moose Jaw. I feel mm-hmm. like you're you're being. I saw Chuck Schumer's band <laughs> <laughs> there. Wasn't there another U.S. president that had a garage rock band? Who was the Democratic candidate like two elections ago? Oh, there was somebody running for president who had a band, and I John don't Kerry re- maybe had like a punk, uh, like a garage rock band back. It in the wasn't. Day? It wasn't John Kerry. John Kerry slept on my dad's couch back on the day. That's his. That, hey. That's his uh, claim to fame. John Kerry's. Um, he later became. He bought all this white face makeup, and I don't know what he was doing with it. There was some red <laughs> face makeup too. Uh oh. I don't know what this John Kerry was up to in the goddamn Congress, mm. flapping around with his big fucking feet, regular feet, giant <laughs> shoes, technically. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of great shows in Moose Jaw. You ever see, uh, Jordan? You ever see uh, back when Ale- Alexandro Casio Cortez, known as AOC? Mm-hmm. Did you ever see when she used to do high NRG music? Oh yeah. Which you if the- you haven't lived till you've seen AOC, do y'all ready for this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got bom, me ready bom, for that. Bom, 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 bom. Yeah, I think a, I think that's a classic presidential candidate move to like bring out your guitar and uh, with a local band, like a, a band of of local dads uh, on stage and and sing like uh, yeah, like a like a Springsteen song. I would say mostly "Born in the USA" or something. I can't wait till if he wins governor of Texas, he's going to come out with the marked men and they're going to do the most raging set of covers. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> but they're still just playing sign sealed delivered or whatever. Like it's like purely just regular political theme music like Motown and shit. Uh, but they're just fucking raging it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's the president. Listen to him. Open up the pit, everyone. <laughs> the president's demanding we open up the pit. It's going to be so sick when Turnstile plays Hell his yeah. inauguration as president. It's going to be <laughs> such a wild show. Yeah. It's, I mean, once Fugazi is together and Ticketmaster is eliminated, right. that's when we know we've got a punk rock president. Well, Damian, President Punk. Pre- Damien, it's been a joy to have you on the program. Um, uh, are you headed out on the road anytime soon? I am. I'm going to the U.S. and Europe. You can find out stuff on fuckedup.cc. Yeah. That's and our, our website. Damien and Fucked Up truly have an extraordinary reputation as live performers. I mean, like, it's it's one of the most 
uh, thrilling and exciting things you can you can go out to see. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I, I can testify firsthand. I've I've seen Fucked Up live, and it is so much fun. I mean, like you should certainly listen to Fucked Up records. They're really really good, and I think even if you are maybe a marginal punk fan, you'll find uh, a lot of stuff to like in Fucked Up. It's really uh really unique music. Um, I say that it's not a. I know that sometimes when you say unique, it's like a weird slam. It's not. It's really really <laughs> interesting know. and cool. I uh, I, put, I take it are, as such. There's yeah. a I hear influences. Former Massachusetts Senator Paul Tsongas. Sure, yes. hear a lot of hear a lot of Tsongas in it. We're influenced by former uh, San Francisco mayoral candidate Jello Biafra. There oh, you right. go, Jello Biafra. I interviewed I interviewed him on the Sound of Young America at a San Francisco show because there's not that many celebrities that live in San Francisco, <laughs> and uh, he's an expansive speaker. Is how he I would characterize him. Yes. Expansive. He, he can monologue. He can definitely. He, he can. He can do that scenery. I had brought questions, but didn't need them. No, no. You give him that microphone. You just say "Go, Jello, go," and, and there you have him. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to finish the thought of how great fucked up is life. If they come to your town, you should really see them. It is so much fun. Uh, yeah, I couldn't recommend it more. Well, thank you. And if you don't get a chance to see Damien live in person, his podcast is called Turned Out a Punk. What what is a what is a like a good starter episode for people that are listening? For punk rockers that are listening. Gosh, there's an episode, episode one oh one, which features MVP and Zach Blair. It's the second time they were on the podcast. The first time they were on the podcast, they told their life stories. MVP, WWE wrestler. That became a wrestler after doing a nine and a half years in prison for robbing a casino boat when he was 16 years old. And the year and was Zach- 1864. <laughs> <laughs> it's Zach Blair, who plays in Guar and now plays in Rise Against. But they left out that they actually wound up meeting each other when they were 14. And it's the wildest story. They reconnected through the podcast. But. They do wind up saving the misfits from being murdered by the Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was going to yep. murder them, and then they handed him a Slim Jim, and he, <laughs> he snapped into he, that instead. He was going to snap him like a Slim Jim. Slim yeah. Jim, I'll tell you that much, because uh, Doyle had run off with gorgeous George Von Frankenstein, who was at that point, I guess, engaged to the Macho Man and... Anyway, it's it's all in the episode. It's yeah. a wild story, and uh, yeah, it's not just like uh, it's not just bands. Uh, Damien, you've had uh, our buddy John Ross Bowie on. John Daly's been on. Uh, Fred Armisen. So a lot of your comedy faves make it make yeah. it through there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think that's the thing about punk is it really is this sort of jumping off point for so many people that wind up doing cool things in different creative spaces, and everyone from like people that design video games to, to people that have, have yeah like done comedy and um, all, all sorts of things that have been on the thing over the years. It's been, it's weird. It's weird how, uh, you know, I think now it finally shows the breadth of what I think punk is to me, you know, cause I've had enough different people from different places on, but they all have different definitions of punk, which I think is what makes it so much fun to keep doing. Damien, it's been a joy to have you on the program. Turned out a punk is Damien's podcast, and you can go see Fucked Up Live in person, if you, but only if you want to have a good time. Our producer on Jordan Jesse Go, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. On the stream is uh, Valerie. 
Um, we have a theme music by the Free Design. Uh, love you, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Maximumfun.reddit.com is where you can chat about this episode. You can like us on Facebook, where we share all of our different announcements. We'll probably share fucked ups tour schedule, don't you think, Jordan? We're definitely going to throw fucked ups tour schedule on there. So yeah, head on over to the Jordan Jesse Go Facebook page. Get We're on Instagram uh, at Jordan David Morris at put dot this dot on. Uh, and, uh, if you have any corrections for the show, um, uh, if you want to clarify the difference between an anarchist and an anarcho-syndicalist, um, if you're not a democratic socialist, you're a member of the dirtbag left. Right. Um, if you disagree as to which gob is better, yes. <laughs> if you have gob opinions that we feel you feel like we messed up, or placebo, or placebo, uh, these are the issues of our day, no doubt about it. Um, uh, just tweet those at JD Power on Twitter. They want to hear your corrections. We care so much about quality. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.